What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is our last podcast before Christmas. Sean and I jumped right in. We talked a little bit of uh, sports we don't normally talk here. We talked soccer. Following that, we talked a smidge of golf. After that, we jumped in and we talked about the MLB hot stove. Following that, we talked our local NBA teams. And then we recapped week 15 of the NFL season and made our picks for week 16. Um, enjoy the pod, guys. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, and we'll be talking to you soon. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and enjoy. Hope everybody who's celebrating is having a happy Hanukkah. Tom, obviously, we celebrate Festivus on the 23rd, so I'm going to bring the aluminum pole out. How you doing, man? Yeah, I can't wait for you to air your grievances. Um, We could probably do that at the end of the pod. I'm doing well. Figured we should lead off with soccer. You know what? I think you should. You texted me, and I'm going to just say this. I'm going to let you go into the game. I think I deserve a little bit of credit from you. You know, you call me a fraud for Alabama. I said I responded to you said I haven't watched a second of it and I've denounced soccer I said I'm not into it I have no interest so I'm not a fraud No I guess you're not a fraud but what a game man seriously what a game you missed out I can tell you that um, me and Michaela ended up found our way to a diner that morning and we ended up just staying at the diner late to watch the game it was so riveting I heard it was one of the best sporting events honestly in recent memory um obviously i understand the significance of the world cup and you had messi winning his first and going against mbappe who had you know was looking to repeat for the first time in a long time keep in mind mbappe is like 23 i think or maybe younger and he had the hat trick right i mean he uh, messi I'm not a big soccer historian, but I think Messi solidified Mbappe's 24. I think Messi solidified himself with this win as unequivocally the greatest soccer player ever. And Mbappe is. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's got way more accomplishments, I believe. Um, And Mbappe is right on his heels. Well, Mbappe sounds like he's got a long time to keep going, right? And was Messi's last one? Yeah, apparently that was Messi's last one. Rumor has it he's going to be stateside soon, or at least that's what my guy uh, Louie tells me, my coworker who's a big soccer guy. So he's got the inside scoop, apparently. I might be breaking news on this podcast via Louie. So shout-out to Lou Bay, his real name. Um, shout-out. Yep. So he might be coming stateside and playing for – Beckham's team in Miami. I don't know. I think it's called FC Miami. Who knows? But you know what? We're not going to talk much more soccer here. But an all-time game. I mean, I mean, it goes. He get Messi gets the goal, and I, I was like the 88th minute or something, you know, in stoppage time or whatever. And then Mbappe gets that penalty kick. I was like, this is nuts. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it. Obviously, we are a sports pod, and we should mention the most important sporting event in the world. But it's not my lane, and I give you credit for for sticking with it and giving it its due. Um, And I'm not a fraud. I'm not saying that you are. I'm just saying that I'm not. 
and uh, well, yeah, you went out and said, I don't care. I'm not going to watch any of it. So you're not a fraud. I said I was into it. So I'm not a fraud. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you know me, like I get in when any of the local, I say local, uh, New York hockey teams are deep in the playoffs. I, I get pretty into that. Oh yeah. I could care less about that. Literally. Right. Exactly. And even though I'm not a hockey guy, it was like the Islanders two years ago. And then the Rangers last or this past season, I was like, I caught myself watching a lot of that and I somewhat know what's going on, but at least they're teams that I recognize and there's players names that I've known whether I know anything about him or not, but yeah, you know, I of course have heard about Messi and Mbappe, but it sounds like everybody got the, everybody got what they were looking for with that final. For sure. Uh, did you watch any of the PNC classic this week with Tiger and Charlie? I did not want to fill me in. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure JT and his dad won yet again, but, um, Tiger and Charlie put on quite a show. I think they were one back of the lead. Charlie's like, I don't know, what, 12, 11 years old? The kid looks like his dad when he's swinging it. And then you got John Daly Jr. and Sr., and they're still killing it. It's, It was a really fun event to watch from afar. That's a cool event. How did how was Tiger hitting it? All right, so JT, I'd say, is above average at driving the golf ball. His average drives go about 310 to 315 yards. Tiger was out driving him by about 20 yards. From, from what I've heard, it sounds like Tiger has no problem hitting it's the not ball. the golf, like it's just, the walking. And I was just going to say he can't walk. I wish they would just give him, like, in the U.S. Open, they have uh, an exemption. Like, John Daly plays in the U.S. It's either the U.S. Open or he plays in the British Open. He won one of them, if not both, so he's for life can basically play. And he somehow has a medical exemption, and he rides in a cart. I wish they would fucking let Tiger do that. I don't know if Tiger has too much pride and John Daly just doesn't give a fuck. Maybe that's what it is. I'm sure that the U.S. Open and the PGA would do anything they can to make sure Tiger not only can play, but can play. Yeah, it's probably a Tiger thing, right? To win. I'm sure he's just, yeah, I'm sure his legacy is just John like, I'm not. Daily rides on the cart with the roof off, by the way, which I assume <laughs> is because they make him not have a roof on it because it's a competitive advantage because everyone else is out in the sun and he's not. That has to be it. Listen, John Daly doesn't give a shit about what anybody thinks, um, which I wholeheartedly respect. But, yeah, I'm sure Tiger is, if he's going to be able to compete, he wants to compete the way that, you know, he's always competed, which is walking the course um, yep. for four straight days. But, anyway, Tom, we're burying the lead. Uh, Let's get into some baseball, huh? I woke up this morning at, like, 2.30 in the morning, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's just a habit. Like, I'm going to just check Twitter. I see John Heyman tweet Carl, breaking Carlos Correa to Mets with the terms. And I'm like, you know, I still have a little PTSD from Heyman after Arson Judge. But Heyman's plugged in like hell to the Mets. And he had just written a long column that was in part of an interview with Steve Cohen. And I was like, there's no fucking way this happened. So needless to say, I go to ESPN. It's all over ESPN. Passant confirms it. Morosi confirms it. Olney confirms it, and you want to talk about just an absolute swing of emotions for Met fans, Yankee fans, baseball fans, particularly Giants fans. Dude, this actually happened. Carlos Correa is going to be a New York fucking Met. Yeah, you know what? We said that the Mets didn't, uh, they basically broke even. They kind of just traded names on the jersey. 
they did a little bit more than break even with this deal. I mean, and I'm going to say this. I have a whole bunch of stuff to say, but I'm going to put it on the back burner for right now. I'm just going to say this. Met fans, I don't want to splash any cold water on any of this at all. You deserve to be happy. You've gone through years of acting like a bottom market team in the top market in the world. They won the offseason so far. I'm hearing all this best left side of the infield shit. Right now, this is also a sport that has Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis in the same infield, left side of the infield. And I don't know if you know this, Tom, but there was once a trade that sent Alex Rodriguez, who won two out of three MVPs at shortstop, over to third base in his prime so that Derek Jeter, a first ballot Hall of Famer, could stay at shortstop. They were saying ever? They were saying, so there's some people who were saying ever. Ah, uh, they're and like, stupid. It's a top one, but calm the fuck down. Like, can you just enjoy it without having to make these ridiculous claims? They're stupid. I mean, I would put them up against Tatis and Machado just because we shit on Tatis all last year. So, I would I would put them up against that. But Cheater and A Rod, I mean, come on. Not only that, but if I'm not mistaken, A Rod also won a Gold Glove at third base as well. He won several. Yeah. So he won a few at shortstop. Jeter obviously won his. You can debate me on whether or not they were valid. He won them regardless, and A-Rod won a couple at third base and a few more MVPs over there. So I think I would definitely put him behind those guys, and we'd have to go a little further back in time and look over a couple other left sides of the infield. Um, But I would put it up there as tops right now. Sure, and that's the thing. It's like... We don't need to make these stupid proclamations. Just enjoy this. This is a watershed moment for the Mets, Mets fans, baseball all together. I mean, Tom, last week on the pod, we talked about the Giants getting their really good consolation prize for Aaron Judge. They signed Correa to 13-year, 350. The physical, he fails. The Giants say that they don't love what they see. They what back out they of the love? contract. Well, he has a history of, of back issues that's cost him several games and some DL stints, including this past season. But he took less money to go to the Mets and move positions. Yeah, and rightfully so because, I mean, you could say that um, Lindor's average was down this year, although I think he was number one in war for shortstops, but that guy's a platinum glove winner at shortstop, so I could understand why Correa would move to third. I mean, he said this was the only team he would change positions for, and it makes sense. They play together. You know, he's moved to third base during the Team Puerto Rico and the World Baseball Classic, so it, they're used to playing on that side of the infield together. Great move for the Mets. Um, I, I mean, at this point, being that the Mets luxury tax, I think, is more than probably half the team's payrolls, just the luxury tax alone, uh, they, they need to win at least go to the World Series, right? I'm really happy you said that because, again, I'm not trying to sound like the prick Yankee fan. I am genuinely happy for Met fans, even though I I hate them. My buddy texted me today. He's like, oh, I still don't think they're better than the Phillies or Braves. I'm like, listen, man, like, I think they are. I think that they're, if healthy, a phenomenal team, and they should – I mean, they won 101 games last year, for God's sakes. Did you see that pitch, by the way, the guy they got? It's like a – it's like a fork ball that, like, it's like a, I don't even know what they call it, like a mega fork ball that he throws. It's incredible. Kodai Senga? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me of, like, how they talked about Tanaka's splitter when he was coming over. Yeah, no, that guy is filthy. I mean, he's going to be an incredible number three pitcher. 
Yeah. But going back to the Mets fans being happy, I mean, listen, you you have the best. You have George Steinbrenner on steroids right now. And yep. I, I, I don't know whether it's great for baseball. I'm not going to debate that. It's great for the Mets. You shouldn't be capped. There is no salary cap, so there shouldn't be a limit. They're going to spend $500 million on their payroll counting that luxury tax this year, man. But, hey, you're 100% right. I don't want to hear any Mets fan that says, well, you know, it's still good if we go to the NLCS. And no, 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 no. You're now in Yankee territory, son. It's World Series or bust. And I don't want to hear any Met fans try to talk their way into if there's an injury-riddled season or certain guys don't deliver the way they expect them to or they go off to a slow start. No, 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 no. You're swimming in the deep waters now. Welcome welcome to the Yankee territory. Let's go. No doubt about it, man. I mean, you can't, you can't put it any other way with that payroll and those players. You really... This is world go to the World Series or bust, and I don't want to say win it because you know there's a lot of things that go into that. But you guys got to get to the to the dance at least. If people want to say this past Yankee season was a failure by going to the ALCS, I mean obviously they got swept out of there, but they went to the ALCS. If that if that has to be at least the line of demarcation for the Mets to get to the NLCS, anything less than that, I don't want to hear about the division. I don't want to hear about the Dodgers. I don't want to hear about the Cardinals. No, you you have to get there. It would be an unequivocally, it would be an unequivocal failure if they don't. No doubt about it, man. Good for the Mets, and I don't know if they're done yet, which is crazy to say. But there's still a few guys out there. Share up that bullpen. And, again, you know what I always say. I root for them. I, I do cheer for the Mets. I don't root for the Mets fans. They're fucking obnoxious. I have no problem with the Mets ever. Um, and, you know, I am, with baseball and football, a fan of the main teams in the market of New York City. But as a Nets fan, Tom, I made this comparison on the pod a couple weeks ago. This just continues to feel like the Brooklyn Nets of 2019-2020. Like when the Nets got hardened, doesn't it? If it's like, oh my God, this team that was a bottom, you know, feeder team that it no does. star players wanted to go to. It does. But now but they come with these crazy expectations. It, it absolutely does. But I just don't. The only difference is I think, you know, none of these guys are most likely going to force a trade. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, is just the, just the collection. Absolutely. The collection of accomplished players who have won elsewhere coming here to the, not to the New York Yankees, to the New York Mets. We have, seen, all of a sudden, we have yeah. seen this before where you put together a super team and it, and it looks awesome and MLB the show and everybody's going to use them online, but then you go out in the real games and it doesn't work out. That's a really good point too. Um, you know, the Padres have kind of been that way, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you look across the board at all three major sports. And these super teams don't always work. Yeah, I would say that baseball does have an advantage because it is such a singular sport where one player's mm-hmm. accomplishments are not necessarily going to, you know, like if in basketball, if all of a sudden Durant misses 35 games, it's going to immediately hurt your chance of being a championship team. I think in baseball, particularly in the regular season, you can sustain that. Um, but I, I don't know, man. It's just they're – this feels like it's an all-star team of at, at every position. You kind of think of those like mid two thousands Yankees teams, like the after Dodgers. they won on their world series or those Dodgers teams that only have ended up winning one championship. Like it's, it's not a sure thing in baseball. No, it's not, man. You know what you need in baseball to win is a really good bullpen and they still need to figure that out. <laughs> 
They brought Ottavino back on a two-year deal. That helps. And it sounds like they are talking with the White Sox about Liam Hendricks, which would give them quite the formidable eighth, ninth innings. And now they definitely have the capital to do that with a prospect like Brett Beatty, who looks like was going to be the starting third baseman, and now he's without a job. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, you ready to talk about the Crosstown team, our favorite team? If this wasn't Carlos Correa to the Mets in the wee hours of the morning, we would lead with this. But, Tom, you said on the overtext, he's starting to get back in your good graces a little bit. Talk to me about it because they got your boy. Listen, they talked about it. They fucking dicked around with it, but they got the deal done. Carlos Rodon, six-year, $162 million. I don't want to hear about an overpay. I like the move. The guy's only, what, 30? Throws 100 from the left side. He's going to be an excellent wherever you want to stick him in in our rotation. Probably number two, I would think. Maybe number three, Nasty Nesser, was pretty good last year. But also good job by the Yankees holding on to all their prospects, letting them become a free agent, and then going out and getting them. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I think this was partially why they didn't make the run at Castillo uh, and and ended up going for the Montas route because they did know Rodon was going to become a free agent and they've liked him for a while. Um, So they were able to sign him. And, and Tom, he will slide into that number two spot, which only makes this rotation even deeper. You you go Cole and Rodon, two swing and miss guys at the at the front of the rotation. We're obviously not talking regular season here. We're talking playoffs and most, you know, importantly, Astros matchups. Then you got Nestor. Then you got Seve. And then, honestly, Frankie Montas, I expect him to be a little bit better this year. We didn't see the best version of him. And I know you texted me today saying you don't trust those Oakland pitchers. But there's no way as him as the fifth option is as bad as we saw at the tail end of last year. Absolutely, and it does feel a lot better when you have him in the fifth spot that you can slide in other guys if he shits the bed or gets hurt again. Yeah, and you can just let him go out there and pitch. You don't have to worry about throwing this immense amount of pressure on him. Yep. I said I wanted Evaldi. I know you think he's injury-prone. I guess it would depend on what type of deal. I just would like another guy to share up that rotation. Battle-tested to the max. Um, you remember that Red Sox run that he made. Um, but it would have to it would have to be on a short term cheap deal. Um, anybody else you want to see the Yankees go out and get? I am very excited about Rodon. I'm enthralled about Rodon. Um, you know the Evaldi point. I really am an Evaldi fan. Uh, I would love to see him back, but there's one stipulation with him, which he has that draft pick uh, attached to him because of the qualifying offer, and you know he hasn't pitched a lot. He didn't pitch a lot this past year, and he was kind of a mixed bag when he did pitch. So when you're telling a team that's trying to sign him that they might have to forfeit a draft pick to sign him and you don't necessarily know what you're getting, even if it is on a short-term deal, uh, I think that the Yankees would be happier to ride out with Montas. I I think now it's just left field. It's just left field, man. Brian Reynolds, I know the Pirates said they don't want to trade him, but I, I, I think when push comes to shove, this kind of we see this in NBA, right? We're not trading hard. We're not doing this or that. Your star player, your best player wants out. The Yankees really want him. I, I feel like at some point there has to be a partnership with a trade. What do you think? I agree. I think it just depends on the amount of prospects. If he only wants to go to the Yankees, let's hold their feet to the fire and try and get the cheapest deal possible. 100%. Um, the reason that left field is still an option, Tom, is because Andrew Benintendi signed a five-year, $75 million deal with the White Sox. Uh, I was a little surprised by that, but they wanted five years, and a team actually gave it to him. Again, um, 
I think we said it last week with uh, Xander Bogarts. It only takes one. Good for him. I wasn't willing to pay that for him. Uh, guy with seemingly no pop. I mean, how many home runs did he have last year? Um, I just can't pay that amount of money for him. I know he's a good fielder and a good on-base guy, but good for him. I don't think the Yankees were willing to spend that bill. And you have no problem with Cashman drawing that line in the sand, right? Not on him. If it was on Rodon or, or on a, on Judge or some other guys in the past, you know I stopped my feet. Not on Ben Attendi. By the way, we're not going to go deep into this, but congratulations to Aaron Judge being named captain of the Yankees. We felt like that was going to happen. and Pretty cool that it did. Yep, good for him. That probably was part of the deal. Yep, sounded like it was all the way around. I agree with you on Ben Attendi, by the way. I think he fits this lineup perfectly, but... You know, five years for a guy that has fought off injuries and, like you said, has not had a lot of pop. He's a small guy, too, and you wonder how that's going to age. Yeah, that's uh, just – it's just one of those deals that we're going to be like, oh, fuck, five years for this guy if he keeps up with the injuries. I mean, I just smell another Hicks. Yeah, I mean, I honestly smell another LeMahieu who, you know, you say, give him this, give him that. Yeah. And two years in, he's had two injury plate seasons. Um, Dansby Swanson, the last star shortstop to go off the board – Bro, he goes to the Cubs on a seven-year, $177 million deal, and I feel like this partnership is perfect for both Swanson and for what the Cubs are trying to build. It definitely is. Uh, the Cubs are the biggest head-scratcher of a team from what I've seen over a long time. They're they're rich, they're poor, they're rich, they're poor. Apparently, they're rich again. I really do like the deal. I just can't figure the Cubs out. They're a weird, they're a weird team, man. I mean, they, they, they're... You know, they bring in Bellinger. They also signed Drew Smiley. They signed Jamison Tyon. Uh, they lose Wilson Contreras. Um, so, I, yeah, I really don't know what they're trying to do, but they still have Ian Happ. They have some decent players. It's they played be, pretty well towards the end of the season last gonna year, be, I guess. I think they're going to be a good team, and they're going to give that division a run for their money. But, you know, you sell off your entire team. I mean, I understand letting Baez go, as you know. I, I liked Baez a little bit more, but I think that was proven out this past season. You hated him, but you're letting guys like Bryant and Rizzo and Schwarber go and Contreras, but then you're signing other guys? It's like, I don't get it. I think that the guys that they have signed, though, fit their timeline a little bit better, right? You have a guy like Bellinger who's trying to prove his work on a one-year deal. They don't really have anybody else in that position that's worth playing. Uh, remember, because they finally cut ties with Hayward. So you let Bellinger see if he has anything. Maybe he likes it there, and, and you turn that into a, a, a nice, steady piece. Uh, Tyon, you got for four years. It's not a one- or two-year deal, and he's young. You know, It's not like he's going to be washed up in two years. And then Swanson is 30, and... He's on a seven-year deal, and it's not so much money, and they don't really seem to have a shortstop prospect. So I feel like it does make sense, but they're not ready to compete right now. I think if they were starting to make like right-now moves based off contracts, I'd have a little bit more question marks, but I don't know. They seem to match their timeline. Yeah. Hayward went to the Dodgers, by the way, I believe. Who's that? Jason Hayward went to the Dodgers. Yes, you're right. Minor league deal. Good call. I, I actually kind of forgot about him. That's um, a guy that they can have. I would not want him in left field. He strikes out a bunch. Dude, they've been trying to part ways with him for so long. He just never turned out to be the player that they thought they were going to be. Um, but, hey, moving on is 
Tom, a guy that the Yankees know all too well. And if you were to tell me that Joey Gallo, you know, a year and a half ago or two years ago, while he's still hitting bombs with the Texas Rangers and is one of the most sought after position players on a trade market, has to settle for a one year, $11 million deal with the Minnesota Twins, I would have said shit went really wrong. Probably because it did. Yeah, not only that, but for a one year, $11 million deal, seeming like kind of an overpay for the guy, too. Analytics still love them. Um, I'll be interested to see if they still do with this new version of baseball we'll yeah. get this year. But high on base, exactly. And he'll hit he'll hit home runs. And I'll tell you this, man, there is no pressure out there in Minnesota. Not at all. All right, Red Sox signed Justin Turner, two year, twenty two million dollar deal. I don't know where he's going to play. Did you also see? I don't think we mentioned this last week. The Red Sox cut Jeter Downs. Yes, yeah, so it happened after we recorded the pod. You want to talk about the worst trade ever. Trade. My God. <laughs> like, did Jeter Downs get a DUI or something? Like, I don't understand why they cut him. I think that they just realized he's not any good. Mm. I mean, he's supposed to be the second prospect. And Verdugo is a nice player. I think you'd agree on that, right? But he's nothing I, special. I mean, yeah, I'd love to have him in left field, batting eighth. Yeah, it's like Aaron Hicks had a better OBP than Verdugo did this past year. Mm -hmm. Like that was those were the headliners of trading a franchise cornerstone Hall of Fame World Series winning player. I mean, you can't look worse. Yeah, no, no. The Red Sox are in trouble. Their owners don't really seem to give a shit anymore. They've moved on. And they're building Dodgers East now, but the problem is, is these guys are a couple of years older than when they were good. You've got Kike, you've got uh, obviously Kenley Jansen. Now you bring in Justin Turner, who I guess is going to DH and play some first base. I don't know. I mean, you want to talk? You talked about the the uh, Cubs kind of having some weird head scratching moves. Oh, I have Red Sox no idea suck. what Boston's doing. Red Sox suck. The Red Sox remind me a lot of the Knicks, just getting guys right after they were good. And they and it's like, are you tearing it down? Are you you're trying to be good? Do you have prospects you're going to play? Like, is really Justin Turner on a two year deal the kind of move you want to make right now? I don't get it. Doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, Turner's, I think Turner's pretty washed. Um, all right, next up, Astros signed Michael Brantley to a one year, twelve million dollar deal. We talked about this. You know, for that price, now that I'm looking at it, I, I wouldn't have minded seeing him in left field. He is injury prone, but for one year, $12 million, this guy can hit anything thrown at him. I would have liked to seen him in a Yankees uniform. I would have too, particularly, like you said, for this, for this contract. Um, I don't know if he's giving the Astros a hometown discount and it would have taken two years for another team, but... You know, the problem with him, man, is he's just not a good defender, and that yeah. left field in Yankee Stadium is huge. Even though Bader is a stud and can cover a lot of ground, you know, Brantley, he's much more conditioned to playing that Crawford box left field in Houston than he is that spacious left field in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Um, next up, Dodgers signed J.D. Martinez to a one-year $10 million deal. He would have looked good in a Mets uniform, but... I mean, I, I still think J.D. Martinez can be a professional hitter, and I still think he could go out there and get – I think he could hit 30 home runs this year, especially in that lineup. Dodgers are doing what we complain about the Yankees doing, which is basically making a lot of one-year small-term deals because 
from what Joel Sherman, I, I, I read a column of his, he was talking very much about how they're positioning themselves to just break the bank and pay Shohei 50, 55 million a year when the, uh, when next off season comes. So JD kind of fits into that. Let's give him a one year deal. Like you said, he's a professional hitter. He'll play well enough out there, but these are, they are not locking up guys, dude, for multiple years. They want to have the deck completely clear, the, the deck completely cleared for Shohei. Yep. Well, it makes sense. And I still think they'll be good this year. Of course. Um, Padres signed Carpenter one year deal with a player option for two for six million each year. Um, I'm gonna miss my guy. Of course, <laughs> you know. But props to him for resurrecting his his lost career with the Yankees. He gave the Yankees that unbelievable run. And I guess he's gonna play he first. Is he gonna play some first? I mean, Hosmer's obviously gone, and he got cut loose by the Red Sox. Bell is gone. Drury's gone. They don't have a first baseman. That's true. They don't. Hmm. And our boy right. Void is down in Washington as well. Yeah, and he's a free agent who still hasn't been signed. Um, but, yeah, props to Carpenter. He was such a fun story, and uh, I wouldn't have wanted to give him that contract, but I'm happy that San no Diego spot for did. Him. It's a good spot for him for sure. We mentioned yeah. Adovino back to the Mets. And, Tom, one of your all-time fan favorites, he didn't make his way back to the Yankees, but Brandon Drury signed a two-year, $17 million deal with the Angels. And he's so versatile. I think he gives them so much cover for, you know, when when Rendon is hurt and some other guys are hurt, you can put them all over the place and he's going to produce. Talk about a bad deal, Rendon, since he came over. But, yeah, I do love Drury. I would have liked to have seen him in left field. I might have. I know, until you watch him play left field. And then you're True. Like, oh, I don't know. I like his bat, but, that's all. Yeah, no, he, he had, his career was going off the rails there for a little bit, but he's turned himself into a really valuable player. And the Angels have made some shrewd moves, man. They, uh, they're doing what they can uh, to try to get competitive because Lord knows they are not. All right. Um, we'll see if anything more happens with baseball, but the hot stove has been cooking. And now Tom talking about cooking. We're starting with your New York Knicks as we talk NBA. I know they lost tonight, but they had won eight straight. It was the second half of back-to-back, so I don't really begrudge them. But talk about your Knicks. I know I've been very wishy-washy on Julius Randle, but he has been excellent. Brunson has been as advertised. Great signing by the Knicks. I love how this team's playing. Tibbs is starting to shrink the lineup down, and we're really starting to play balls-to-the-wall basketball, and I love it. So... Some of the guys that are now in the rotation, were you are you surprised by the way they're playing? Do you think that this is sustainable? You're talking about a McBride, you're talking about a Jericho Sims, a couple guys like that. I'm not surprised by the way they're playing. I'm just surprised that they're playing <laughs> because it's Tibbs. But yeah. I don't know if somebody got in his ear or he finally accepted the fact that guys like Fournier and a few others can't play, but... I mean, shit, thank God they're proving it to them. And and do I think they're playing over their head? Yes, a little bit. But I think the Knicks are – I think they'll do well enough to, to avoid the play-in game with the way the Eastern I mean, Conference is looking. They're in the sixth seed right now, but they're right in the thick of things, man. I mean, I wrote up these notes prior to tonight's games, but they're one game behind the four seed. Mm-hmm. You know, two now. But still, like, you're right there. And – you know, I'm sure Tibbs eventually hit the point where, you know, he was it was making him visibly angry 
and just miserable having to watch Evan Fournier, Derek Rose, and um, and Cam Reddish try to play defense or not try to play defense is probably the better term. Yeah. And now that he has young guys who are hungry, you've got Quentin Grimes who's balling out. These guys are playing hard, man. They're playing well. I like Deuce. Um, they're they're a fun team to watch. They play with kind of a little bit of that swag that they played with two years ago. Yep, and it's time to clear the decks and see what you can get for guys like Fournier and whatnot on teams that want a veteran guy that can shoot. So here's my question. Could you talk yourself into a big move, or would you prefer the Knicks to – wait around a little bit and maybe make some additions on the fringes or are you wait and see mode maybe for another month or two? Well, tell me what the big move is because Knicks fans and Knicks front office, this is why you don't make the trade for Anthony Davis right here. I know he was playing with his fucking hair on fire and going off and seemingly like he, him and LeBron were going to carry the Lakers through to the playoff hunt. And then boom, He gets hit with yet another injury, and he's out at least a month. Please, 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 Knicks front office, remember this right now when AD looked amazing and then, as per usual, got hurt. Sean, it really depends. The big deal that you're talking about depends on who the player is. I have some names for you. Do you want to go down this rabbit hole? Uh, I'm here, man. I'm listening, and I'm awake today, baby. All right, man. Yeah, I, I, you definitely have a pep in your step. You I, you really took to heart what you said last week about sounding like you're falling asleep on these pods, even though I don't. I've had so three cups engaged. of coffee, an energy drink, Zoa, shout out to The Rock, and an espresso, courtesy of my coworker Tony today, who makes it in his van. That's pretty dope. Uh, I just hope you don't have a heart attack uh, and you, you pass out from excitement. Big mistake. Uh, I didn't sleep at all on Sunday or Monday night either. I just was tossing and turning all night, so I don't know what I mean, I'm doing to myself. Well, if you're putting that amount of caffeine in your body, I'm surprised you can actually sit still without your legs shaking. Well, um, that was just today, but I'm hoping okay. I could fall asleep today. All right. Well, best of best of luck to you. But all right, here's the rabbit hole. Bradley Beal, does he entice you? No. Zach Levine. Yes, because I think the Knicks could get him for somewhat cheaper than what the than be due to injuries and how badly him and the Bulls are playing. DeMar DeRozan, same team. Depends on the price because he's old. Let's talk about it maybe a move on the fringes. Tower Hero. I like that move. That could be a building block move. It's a lot of money to take on, but it could be a building block move. But you could put Fournier in that trade. Exactly. It, it depends on what it costs. I, I mean, Kyle everything's Kuzma. depending on cost except Beal. I just don't want Beal. I don't think he's a winning player. Kyle Kuzma. I fucking love the Kuz. Yes, I, w- I would be interested in Kuzma. All right. Those are the names I have right now. You know, there's just so many teams. There's really only a couple of shit teams. Oh, I guess I'll throw. What about Bojan Bogdanovich of the Detroit Pistons? Yeah, I like that move. I don't think it would cost us much. I think the Pistons are trying to fucking shed weight anyways. There's not a lot of teams right now that are positioned to start selling. A little mellow ball. Charlotte? Charlotte's ass right now. I know they are, but would they really trade Lamelo in year three? 
I don't know. I wouldn't put him in that category. You know, Chicago is so interesting because when we did our full our full NBA check in, what was that three weeks ago? Now, I mean, Tom, they're 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 a dumpster fire, mm-hmm. and it sounds like it, there's a bad culture there. But they have a lot of talented players that could get moved, and I think the Knicks. You know, the point of going down that little you know exercise is, I, I think the Knicks are positioned to kind of be. You know, wait to that last minute. February 9th is yep. the trade deadline. You don't have to make a decision right now, but if you keep playing this way, I think you want to make some upgrades. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think Levine, I mean, it might have been a turnoff pre this summer for a guy who's kind of the ringleader of the bad culture. But then you look at a guy like Donovan Mitchell, where he was the ringleader of somewhat of a bad culture in Utah, and look at him now. Very good point. And you know, Levine is a professional scorer, a three-level scorer that, outside of Julius Randle on his best nights, uh, the Knicks don't have, right? So he would be great uh, to add, and I think he'd play really well with a Randle and with a Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I think Tibbs might have a heart attack with the lack of defense being played between the three, but it would be a lot of fun to see that scoring trio. Because you do need to, you do need to score. The defense is fun until you start playing those teams with real firepower. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mention any of the Raptors players because I just can't see the Raptors trading OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam uh, unless something goes really, really wrong. Uh, and the and the price tag on both of those guys would be through the roof. Yeah, and I got a feeling the Raptors are still going to make a run. Fred Van Vliet would be an interesting one, though. If they do decide to part with anybody, you could play a two-backcourt tandem with him and Brunson. That could be fun. Well, that's a guy that can play with another point guard. He did it with Lowry for years. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, we'll see about your Knicks. But, Tom, you know, New York basketball they talk is about burying the lead. Fire. The Brooklyn Nets are kicking the shit out of teams. Go ahead. They won tonight. They're seventh in a row. They're 12th out of thirteen. And the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving experience that we were hoping to get four years ago, huh. wow. it's starting to come to fruition because these two guys playing together right now are on an absolute another level. I, I don't know if I sent you this this stat, but the other night against the Pistons, the Kyrie and KD combined for 86 points on 44 shots. <laughs> oh, man. Ugh. You know, this is this is what you fucking talk yourself into Kyrie Irving for. And when every time you say, oh, the worst is behind us, this is what you do it for, right? It's 100% why you talk yourself into it. You know, he, he hits the game-winning three at the buzzer in Toronto the other night uh, as he goes over 40. Both Durant and Irving were over 35 that night and both over 40 in Detroit the next game. Their role players are starting to come together. They're playing. They're never going to play great defense, and they're never going to have great rebounding. But what I love about what this team's doing, and albeit against some less-than-stellar competition, they're not playing any teams right now in this stretch of, of over 500 teams. But they are playing some frisky teams that have young talent that the Nets have struggled against. And, Tom, they're closing games out well by making stops and, and getting the stands that they need to get, and, you know, they're winning games that I'm just going to call it how it is, bro. They would have lost if Steve Nash was still the head coach. Yeah, I mean, fuck around for three quarters and score a lot and then put the clamps on in the fourth. That's what they're doing. 
That's what championship teams do. Not saying that they are. No. Not, not getting ahead of myself, but that is how championship teams do it. 100%. And now they're about to go into the little bit of a, of a real test. They're going to host the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday night. Uh, then they're going to go to Cleveland on Monday night. And then they go to Atlanta. So they're in a little bit of a stretch. I know Atlanta doesn't have a great record, but they're playing much better lately. Um, and they're a team that could beat anybody on any night. So they're, they're going to start playing some better teams here. But for what I have asked them to do, which is just please stop losing to teams that you should beat. Um, you're letting KD and Kyrie play on elite level roles. I mean, this is this is exactly what I'm looking for for this team. You think Kyrie makes the all-star team? I don't think Kyrie Irving is going to get any kind of accolade from anybody. Okay. I still think he's popular. He might get the votes. He's popular amongst players who I know, you know, obviously, and fans too, most fans. But I think the NBA would really prefer him not to be there. (laughs) Well, if, they, <laughs> if he did go there, they'd be like, do not put a microphone within 50 feet of him. <laughs> yeah, keep him away from everything. Um, we know he's here, but we want to pretend like he's not. Yeah. No, but hey, listen, I'm I'm well-versed now in the Kyrie Nets experience where anything that happens, we are one tweet away from, you know, a complete mess again. But I do give this team credit, and I give Jacques Vaughn a lot of credit. I mean – Tom, we're six weeks removed from this team looking like I was just ready for the inevitable. Blow it up, trade KD, get Kyrie out of here. You know, just start from scratch. I'm tired of dealing with this. And Jacques Vaughn, after the Ime Udoka rumors, has really stabilized this team and given them a good identity. And they have some really fun young slash role players like a Yuta Watanabe and a TJ Warren coming back and an Edmund Sumner coming back. Um, that have really played well and injected a little bit of, I would say, energy on those nights, you know, when it's a Sunday night in Detroit and you're just kind of sleepwalking for a bit. Yeah, I got to give KD credit as well. Just He's playing incredible, which I don't even have to give him credit for that because he's always going to do that when he's on the floor. But just endorsing, finally making a smart decision, keeping it in-house and not having to get the splashy guy or who he wants and, just having a little bit of having a little bit of complacency and having some continuity within the organization. KD finally made a decent basketball decision for a guy who claims all he wants to do is hoop. Really well said. Uh, so yeah, New York basketball is great right now. Uh, both teams are clicking on all cylinders, and hopefully this rides out for a little bit, man. Because we had this two years ago when both teams were playing very well, and it's good to get through those dog days of winter. Yeah, New York sports. Let's get a fucking championship here, but they're making a lot of noise, both baseball and uh, basketball. Um, and I guess we'll talk. We already talked about the Davis injury, so we'll lead into some New York football here as much as I don't want to. I might not even talk about the Jets. I might just let you do it. But we're going to start off with your New York Giants. Um, I mean, they held Pat. They beat the Commanders, the Washington football team, 20-12 to on Sunday Night Football. Not... Not the best game I've ever seen in my life, but at the end of the day, the Giants kind of put themselves in the driver's seat there in the playoffs. Well, first of all, that was a great segue by you, so the caffeine's working. Um, But you're right. Listen, this is the kind of game the Giants were winning for the first eight, nine weeks of the season, right? 
you play good enough defense. You you don't you don't you know create stupid opportunities for the other no team bad to capitalize penalties. on. No bad penalties. And the team played smart, disciplined football, and I think we're watching a star blossom before our eyes with Kayvon Thibodeau, man. He is an absolute game wrecker, and prime time appears to be his time. I'll say that. Yeah, man. I mean, now you go back and you look at those questions pre-draft. I'm sure you remember where, does he really love football, blah, 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 blah. This guy's a game wrecker, man. He's incredible. I hope this is a lesson for all you stupid you know, just football heads and meat heads about, oh, if he doesn't answer everything about football and a thousand percent of his life isn't about football, then I don't want him. So he's interested in crypto. So he wants to have his own brand. You know what helps build your own brand? Being fucking Being a good. great player <laughs> in the biggest market. And how about the New York football teams drafting Sauce Gardner, who's going to win rookie AFC Rookie of the Year. There's Defensive Rookie of the Year. There's no question we about it. We might have both Rookies of the Year, by the way. I think there's a good chance, man, between him and Garrett Wilson. And then you look at Thibodeau across the way and look at what he's done since missing the first you know, couple games with the knee injury. So I think that you look at the defensive end position, which has always been a Giants position, and you look at the corner position, which has always been a Jets position, and it seems like, you know, we're getting the second incarnations of Darrell Revis for the Jets, and we're getting that Michael Strahan, OCU Manura, Justin Tuck, and uh, JPP player for the Giants. I'm not saying Lawrence Taylor. He's the best of all time. Nobody's Lawrence Taylor. No. No, not at all. The guy down in Dallas was starting to look like it a little bit, but he's kind of tapered off the last couple weeks. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, I mean... Awesome win by the Giants. They won it ugly like they have all year, like they're going to have to keep doing in order to get to the playoffs, and that's okay. Um, yeah. Oh, no, I just wanted to I just wanted to jump on that and, and say I don't want to hear about the refs in this game. They missed some calls. Both sides, percent. though. Both sides. But the Giants have gotten hosed in many games, and they got hosed on that last play where they didn't call the DPI. That was clear DPI. I'm not going to dispute that, but – Kayvon Thibodeau got poked in the eye, so it should have been it should have been a penalty, uh, a illegal hands to the face on the offensive lineman. So it evens out. Listen, the the Washington Commanders, the football team, they were stupid and dumb the entire game. They fumbled when they were driving in that in the red zone the drive before that. They deserve to lose. The Giants deserve to win. Saquon Barkley looked like Saquon Barkley from the first half. Daniel Jones did enough to win. I think I don't want to hear any shit about how the Giants didn't deserve to win this game. So you feeling Danny Dimes coming back on a three, four year deal, whatever you want to call it? He has to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played so well with so little. I'm convinced that let's if get, you put let's actual get, talent around him, he'll be good. Yeah, let's get Danny Dimes back on a team friendly deal, and because no other team's really going to offer him, I don't think. And, I think and, there's teams that are there are going to be teams that that look at him. A lot in a lot higher light than they did to start the season. Oh, a hundred percent. But I think that I still don't think he's going to cost you enough to where it's going to break the bank. And then you go out and you get the guy some fucking weapons. That's got to be the plan. And I think he's really earned it in the locker room. You know, he's tough as nails. The two questions coming into the season were: Can he stay healthy? One, that's what he's done. Even when he suffered that ankle injury, he he played through it and hasn't missed a game. And obviously the turnovers, man, he hasn't turned the ball over this year. And he's done 
enough of what they've asked him to do, which is play safe football, make the easy throws because receivers can't get open down the field. I think your head coach has so much to do with the lack of turnovers. For sure. You remember week one when he aired him out on the sideline after throwing that pick in the end zone. We haven't seen that again this year. Nope. All right. You ready to do it? Go ahead. Talk about the Jets. Go ahead. Get it over with. Just summarize the game for me and 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 keep it moving. Well, Tom, the Jets played a game on Sunday. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I'll set the table for you because people want to hear from the Jet fan, not from the non-Jet fan. But, yeah, let me set it up for you. It was a game that you could have won. It was a game you should have won. It was a mixed bag from your quarterback. It was bad special teams. It was really great defense for the most part until it wasn't. And I don't know. Are, do you get four or five timeouts to start the game uh, tomorrow night? I had to double check the rules. I wanted to give I wanted to give Salah the benefit of the doubt. I had to make sure that timeouts don't carry over to the next game. I was pretty sure they didn't, but I wanted to be positive, and I can confirm that timeouts do not carry over to the next game, Robert Sala. <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? I mean, give your fuck. I mean, I don't even blame Zach Wilson for the final drive. He had an awesome drive to score the ball, uh, to put the Jets up. The defense got a little bit shaky there at the end. Losing Quentin Williams again is a fucking murder, right there. And I don't think he's gonna play this Thursday, by the way. And but then you don't even give your rookie quarterback or not a rookie quarterback. He's he's got the brain of a fucking rookie quarterback, but your third year quarterback a chance. You don't even give him a chance. What the difference there? It's a second year. Is it a second year? Yeah, I don't even know, dude. We've been through so many quarterbacks and I'm just upset. (laughs) I'm just I mean, Seriously, I think there needs to be, from all this bad coaching that I've seen this year, I think there needs to be a new position in the NFL that's created and that's paid well. And you could hire fucking, like, you know, kids that go to UPenn, the Wharton School of Business, or you could hire people that go to MIT or fucking Harvard that just are, their their title is just clock management professional. I like that. You could work in the NBA too, by the way. I mean, or just get some kid that's really good at Madden. I mean, seriously. Like, you just need a guy that there's a buzzer in the coach's pocket. He doesn't even have to be in the headset. And he just hits the buzzer when the when it's the proper time to call a timeout. This guy's just got no fucking idea. And and he play, and he and he says for the one, oh, I, I didn't want them to challenge the spot on the ball. Well, we have no fucking time left regardless. Who cares about the spot when you have zero seconds left? Listen, man, I, I'm with you. And don't I, get me wrong. Let me just say this. Yeah, please. It, the game with Zach Wilson outside of that one drive was fucking terrible, okay? He was bad, and this game was not fully lost on the final drive. But, I mean, come on. There... So many chances to win this game, including, obviously, the gr- the glaring final drive. And people will be talking about this a hell of a lot more if the Cowboys, and especially the Patriots, and the fucking Minnesota Vikings didn't play this week. Yeah, fucking facts. Um, 
Listen, man, I, from from the outsider's perspective, I, I think Wilson wasn't the reason you lost, but he wouldn't have been the reason you won. He did lead you on that drive that gave you the lead. You gave up the, the what was it, a punt or kick return? I think it was a punt return touchdown. So your defense only gave up 13 of the 20 points. Far be it of me to want to shit on the defense that is one of the best defenses in the league and really kept a very hot Detroit Lions offense freezing cold at MetLife. But Tom, when you put your, when you put your defense in position to go win you the game, I know Quinn and Williams was out. You got to seal that. You can't give up a touchdown to a third string tight end on fourth and inches, but I'm not going to pin it on the defense, even though that's a bad mistake. If it was any other defense, I'd say that was a choke job. It was on coaching. Zach made some huge throws there late. One of them was super fortunate to get. Yeah. But you were still setting up Greg the leg for a 53-yarder, 58-yarder. was one of the two. You had a chance. But like you said, it was all frantic and discombobulated because your coach didn't settle everything down with the timeouts in his pocket. And that's just that's just bad situational football. And I don't know. Is it? Did he not spend enough time going through that? I mean – that has to be rehearsed. I mean, it's a two-minute offense. Let's just figure it the fuck out here. Come on. This is also where it really shows that Zach Wilson is not the quarterback for the way that this team runs, right? And I, I, I was trying to think about it, and I listened to um, Daniel Jeremiah on Ryan Rosillo's podcast today, and he said it in such a clear way that made me think, like, why haven't either of us brought this up so far? And, you know, you look at Zach Wilson, and – He's a gunslinger, man. He he plays his best football when things are complete chaos, right? He's like the Joker. He loves chaos. He's an organizer of chaos. That's when he's at his best. On all and off the field. Throws and all that. Yeah, on and off the field. But, you know, this Jets team, they're very much cut from that Shanahan West Coast style offense mold where it's very tempoed and deliberate and you have a receiver get the ball out of his hands very quickly and he can make all those intermediate throws to his playmakers out and makes the easy throws, the high percentage throws, which is what you saw with Mike White. He processes quickly. That's clearly not what, what Zach Wilson is good at. And it doesn't seem like Zach Wilson and the Jets really make sense for one another. Um and you see that very evident where I'm sure part of Salah's decision was he didn't want, like you said, the uh, Lions to challenge the spot. But he also wanted Wilson to play in his best environment, which is chaos. Uh, but it fucked the team royal. Yeah, clearly Wilson hasn't learned anything sitting on the bench. Um but yeah, and the other thing that kills me is you say Zach Wilson's a gunslinger. Well, he's a shitty one too, though, because it's like even when – I mean, you want to talk about the all-time gunslinger. It's Brett Favre. Well, Brett Favre made the play. Zach Wilson, it's like pump, 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 run around, run out of bounds, throw the ball away. It's like he doesn't even really make a hell of a lot of plays. And I know this offense isn't curated to that, but he does have some playmakers. I just think he's not a good quarterback. He hasn't grown at all. And, I mean, this game, again, to only put up 17 points on this Detroit Lions defense is, is pitiful. Yeah, and again, like he did make a couple throws because towards the end, red zone was on that game pretty heavily, and he made that like third and nineteen that was on an absolute rope of like fifty yards. Oh, the guy's got yards. a cannon. 
He's and got that, all the physical like, abilities. You watch him make throws like that, and I'm a, obviously you know I love Danny Dimes now, but it's like Daniel Jones can't make that throw. There's not a lot of quarterbacks in this league that can make that throw. And when you see raw skills like that, you're you're just trying to make any excuse you can to keep him around. But Tom, it's evident the rest of your team completely outgrew Zach Wilson in a matter of six weeks. Yep, and and I don't even think Mike White's the answer. It's just like you said, he runs the offense that should be there. You have enough playmakers to where you don't need to improvise like this. The guys get open, you throw them the ball. You drop one, two, three, find your guy that's open, do your reads, and throw the ball. And if it's not there, take the goddamn cheese and check it down. We have a great running game as well. It seems like that's the kind of style of football that Robert Sala wants to play. That's the way this team is designed. Yeah. We have too many good playmakers that get off the line and get open. And can gouge a defense. Absolutely. Not to mention the running game, which no matter who you stick in there, it seems to be pretty good. the, the, The recipe is there. If you had a healthy Mike White, and like you said, he might not be the answer, but you look at what San Francisco is doing with Brock Purdy, right? Like they... They know what they are. I think if the Jets had the quarterback, they would know what they are, and they'd be that team that nobody wants to face. I, I, I don't want to, you know. And now we're in last here, place. But you're in last place, and you, I think, might need to win out to, to make the playoffs now, uh, where it no looks like think, you're in man. the driver's seat. No think. It is for sure. And they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. They're going to get my hopes up. They're going to get me all excited. But you know what? It was, This team's moving in the right direction, man. But again, as usual, we're a quarterback away. Seems to be the history of the franchise, my man. I, and I feel for you because really uh, the, that team is super good. Um, and I love Salah, but he, he, I hope he learns for your sake uh, to never do what he just did again. Or else Listen, we got a Mike McCarthy on our hands. All I'm saying is there's going to be a couple of teams in the top of the draft that don't need a quarterback this year. You might have to think about it. We'll find out in April, brother. We'll find or, out in or April. Or go for the veteran guy if that's what you want to do. There's going to be guys available, man. I, the Jets, I think, will exhaust all options. Um, well, if there's anybody so, I trust, it's our GM. You have to, you know. And Maybe again, I trust I, him signing more than picking quarterbacks because he's 0 for 1 we, on that. We would not be having this conversation if that if the team that broke camp and finished last year was the team playing now because at least it would be okay. The whole team's developing together and it's like a blessing and a curse. The blessing is, wow, this team's really good and it's going to be good for a long time. The nucleus on defense and offense is fucking there. The bad news is, is the most important position. The guy that you drafted with the second overall pick is not doing anything to validate that pick and isn't up to par with the other very highly drafted quarterbacks who make their teams better. So it's, it's tough. But we'll see what happens, man. We will. Um, we had a good, good weekend of football, but it started Thursday night. The 49ers beat the Seahawks in a game that was very important for your boy here, even before the Giants game. The Seahawks now are 7-7. Seven and seven. The Niners just continue to roll with Brock Purdy. This defense is absolutely – I mean, dude, I, I wonder how sometimes teams can even move the ball on this defense. 49ers won 21-13 on Thursday night football and clinched the NFC West. Yeah, it was pretty easy for them. Um, I don't even know what quarterback they're going to start at this point. I mean, because they can rest guys now. 
Because um, I think they're pretty much locked into where they are, right? Seeding wise, um, I, I want to say that they're probably the two. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Well, I Minnesota's mean, still there, though. I, I think they want to fight for that number two spot. Oh, fucking Minnesota. You're right. <laughs> Unbelievable. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy, I, shit, man. I mean, I know this team is tailor-made for a guy to come in that just, you know, is literally just like Jimmy G that just can execute. But he's better than Mr. Irrelevant. That's for goddamn sure. Oh, 100%. Dude has poise. I mean, I don't want to just say, like, it's like, oh, he's a game manager. He had some pedigree coming in, too. He was good at Iowa State. Um, But, bro, like, he was making legitimately good NFL NFL throws, and he does have poise about him. You know, your first road game, and it's in Seattle in a hostile environment at night, and he played great. Yep. No, no, no. I mean, listen, I... Did they find their quarterback? I think that this team is just, they're so solidified in what they do. Could they win with Zach Wilson? (laughs) Probably not. Well, that's that's honestly a really interesting question, not from the Zach Wilson standpoint, but from the Trey Lance one. They made this concerted effort to try to get away from the game manager and open up the playbook and really let Shanahan see what he can do with a with a true guy that has every physical talent and obviously it sucks that he was only able to play one game and like two snaps but I, I don't know like their recipe for victory as long as the roster is built the way that it is is more suited for a guy like Garoppolo or Purdy than it would be for uh, a guy like Trey Lance or Zach Wilson because even though you might hit those giant plays that you can't hit with the other guys you might make one or two horrendous turnovers because they're trying to do too much with their skill set that could cost you a game, whereas a guy like Purdy or Garoppolo wouldn't do that. So I don't know. Yeah, no, it is an interesting question. And and it's kind of like you got to look at this at through Belichick's eyes. I don't care what we gave up. This guy's the better guy. I don't care that he was the last pick. We might stick with him. Right now, it, it's he's the perfect guy for that job, it seems like. Um Vikings beat the Colts in an absolutely insane first game of the triple header on Saturday. Tom, the Colts were winning 33 nothing, And I turned the game off. I didn't watch any of it. I, I checked the score. I was like, oh, my God, Minnesota at home is getting killed by Jeff Saturday on a Saturday. This is great. Oh, my God, the jokes that are going to be coming in. And then I go out to lunch with some friends. I come back, and I'm like, this game's close. I'm like, all right, well, I'm still not going to watch it. I'm sure the Colts will hang on. There's really no time left. And I see it's in overtime, and I watch the overtime, and they kick the game-winning field goal, Minnesota does. I, You just – it literally is – this is not being hyperbolic. It is the largest comeback in NFL regular season history. Insane game. I did watch the highlights. I mean, I still don't fucking understand these teams – when you go into prevent and just let Kirk Cousins pick you apart. Um, crazy game. I, I opted to watch the Jackson State-Texas Tech basketball game instead, um, <laughs> which was well worth it for me because I did win a good chunk of change. I'm getting deep into the weeds with college basketball. Next time we're on the pod, I will be ready to talk it 
Um, Excellent. You know but, I'm chomping at the bit with my Huskies. Oh my God! What are they? They're going to be number two. They're number two. They're number two right now, and they just beat Georgetown last night. Yeah, they might move up to number one. They need Purdue to lose. Yes, they do. Which Purdue's got those two big white guys again. It seems like a Purdue staple. <laughs> it does. But yeah, getting back to this to this crazy ass game, man. Like, I don't blame you for not really watching it. Why would you? Is this was it was an ass whooping? Yeah. And then it wasn't though. I I, I mean Matt Ryan. I, I feel for him because he he's he's a he's been he a good quarterback. Retire, he's right? Done. He's got to be done. They announced they're going to start Foles on Monday night, which by the way is a dog of a game. Colts Chargers. I wish they could flex Monday night games out, but um, it's just it's over for him. And I, I don't. I don't understand how that even happens. Obviously, we we remember twenty eight to three in the Super Bowl, but I mean, this is a loss of epic proportions. Literally, again, it's the biggest comeback in NFL history, and I don't know if I can give the Vikings any credit because I think it's just complete ineptitude by the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I think Saturday lost whatever chance he had at becoming the real deal head coach at the end of the season or next year. It, I mean, that's a good question, right? What do you think? Do you think he's, I he's think, just yeah. going to run out this interim role? I, I, yeah, I think it's done. I, there's no way you can hire this guy after what just happened. Because even the worst teams in the NFL, right? I mean, we just saw the Texans push the Chiefs to the brink. I mean, we see bad teams hang and win. You hang 33 points up in the first half on the road against a team with the best record in the NFC, second best record in the NFC. And you'll choke it away. I mean, possible. If I'm the owner or say, I mean, at least a, a, even a halfway decent head coach realizes we're bleeding out and we got to make some adjustments on the fly here. It felt like it was just an avalanche. Once it started, it, it couldn't stop. I think the moment was just too big for him, and he just froze up. It, it definitely seemed that way, man. Um, I know Vikings fans, any listening, will say, why don't you give us some credit? I'm not going to. Um, your Look, team stinks, your defense stinks, and you are not going to go very far in the playoffs. I'm looking forward to seeing him back at ESPN next year. There you go. He did a good job on NFL Live. Did you see that uh, YouTube TV is making a heavy move towards the Sunday ticket? Any interest there? Yeah, a lot of it because uh, I've gotten hosed with my Sunday ticket. Uh, trying to create a – I had to reset my password. It goes to the eight, your AT&T account. Um, every time I try to create a new password and type it into Sunday ticket, it says it's a temporary password. And not authorized, even though AT&T tells me it's my new permanent password. I tried to create about 100 passwords, not this Sunday because the Giants were the Sunday night game, but the Sunday before that, I spent about two and a half hours. Mm. I called representatives. It didn't work. So YouTube TV, I will do anything, Amazon, whatever you want, because this has been an absolute joke. This happened in the beginning of the season. They did refund me, which the least they could do for the month, but I would have absolutely blown a gasket, so. Anything that they could do to change this, fuck DirecTV, fuck AT&T, and fuck this Sunday ticket. Good. I'm glad somebody else is bitching about something in the media, whether it be... I mean, I had my gripes with YouTube TV. For me, I I went down the few years back. I was still in college. I went down the rabbit hole of NFL Sunday ticket. 
totally different reason. I just watched way too much football. I do not think I'm going to spend the money on it because, as you know, I'm engaged to be married. And when you spend that much money on it, you got to justify watching it. And I I watched way too much football. I understand it for you because you are out of market and you want to watch yeah, the Giants. That's the only reason totally. I have it. I would never. I would never have it up there. I totally get it. I had it for a season, and I spent a. I mean, I was back in college. I spent way too much time watching football. Red Zone and regular cable is plenty for me. Yeah, me too. If it was like you said, if it wasn't the fact that I'm here, and out of the 17 games, I probably only get six or seven of them. I 100 percent, you know, would not would not have it. But I, I want to watch the Giants every week. So I pay for it, but YouTube TV, man, let me tell you, I don't know if you've ever had it, but it is awesome. The only reason why I canceled it is because for like a week span, they got rid of like every sports channel, every ESPN network, everything. And I was like, fuck this. I'm done with it. Went to Hulu and now I'm just too lazy to go back. Um, But YouTube TV outside of that was awesome, I have to say. So I think you will enjoy it. If you do have a cable package, then you're kind of fucked, though, because it's tough to get out of those cable packages. I have a cable package right now, but it, uh. honestly, Spectrum's not the worst. I have I have cable because I get those that great sports package, so I get literally everything. Um, MLB, NBA, Red Zone, NFL Network. I get, like, all the ESPNs and, and that shit. So I, I enjoy it for that reason, what's, that reason only. What's interesting is that... Are you going to have to buy the entire YouTube TV package and then on top of that have to buy the Sunday ticket, which is what I'm assuming is going to happen because they want to get subscribers to the YouTube TV, which is then going to suck for you because you're going to be paying double cable, especially because you're locked into the bundle with cable. As a guy who used to work for a cable company, I know that too well. That's going to suck. Uh, I would probably get rid of Spectrum, and I would probably just do their internet. I wouldn't do the bundle, and then I would go to YouTube TV. Because that's where, honestly the only reason I have Sunday Ticket here is because they did make it eligible for non AT and T slash Direct TV customers. So they made it its own entity. So last year when I got it, um, I thought that you had to have a Direct TV account. Yeah, it's a dish, yeah. And they, they're like, no, we're making it its own thing. As long as you live in an apartment complex where a dish isn't available, you can get just the Sunday ticket. Yep. So that's what I've been using, and it's been great. It's like $200 a year, and it's like you can pay for it all up front or like monthly increments. And it's been super resourceful and great for me until right now where I've gotten absolutely hosed. So The one thing that was nice – the one thing that was nice before we move on was the fact that on the app, I remember because back in the day, if you had a college ID, they let you do the same thing that you're doing. You could create yep. your own like quad box, whatever, and you can't do that with actual DirecTV. There you just have to go to the channel that has the box. You can create your own quad box. It was awesome. It's a great service. I don't know why they can't why they've locked me out of my account and uh it's always bad when you know because like you said you did once work for the cable company and it's not good when you are as a customer call the representative finally get through after they finally connect you to like the fifth line of people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about to 
have them say, yeah, I've never heard of this problem before. That's not a good sign. That's no. more or less like, oh, all right, well, I guess I'm totally fucked. So <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens next year. I might have to cancel my service and re-up. But listen, long story short, if YouTube TV has it, uh, I guess that will be what I have to do, go with because um, I obviously want to watch the Giants, especially as they're finally starting to get good after six years. Um, Browns beat the Ravens in the second Saturday game. And, Tom, I don't know how much time you want to spend on this game. The Ravens have no offense without uh, Lamar. And Deshaun Watson and the Browns didn't do really anything great, but they won. Yeah, good pick by you. Thank you. I felt pretty good about it. Yes, good job by you. Um, Talk about the Saturday night game. Awesome game. Awesome game, absolutely. Um, the scene looked great in Buffalo, didn't it? It did, but there was a lot more offense than you thought was going to be there. Um, I mean, I, the Bills held them off, and uh, they just did what they had to do. And I, do Are they the class, or are they pretty close? I mean, what do you think? I still think there's some questions to be answered, especially defensively. Um, but, I mean, if you can get big wins like that, and what are they going to be? The Probably the – I'm looking at the standings now. They're probably going to be uh, Two. Kansas City. Kansas City and them are tied right now. Kansas – who won that game? Kansas Buffalo. Mm. At the tiebreaker. Mm. Interesting. And the Bills have the Bears, Bengals, Patriots. Um, and the Chiefs have Seahawks, Broncos, Raiders. Mm. Um, that's interesting because they might end up getting the one seed, and if it goes through Buffalo, I don't know, man. I think we could see the Bills in the Super Bowl. They have the talent to do it. I mean, they had to come back late in this game. Miami had the lead and they had the momentum and Josh Allen had to do Josh Allen things to, to tie it up and then eventually win um, a game-winning field goal. But I was very impressed with Miami. I, I did not think they could do it. Uh, I didn't like the way that they were kind of mocking the cold weather, wearing shirts in South Florida saying, I wish it was colder. Um but they really delivered. I think Tua had a really good game. Tyreek Hill was a beast. So this offense that we saw early in the season explode in warm weather games, uh, I guess they could take it to sub-zero temperatures in Buffalo. I, I didn't. I thought it was stupid until they actually proved it. Then I thought it was pretty cool. I do like their head coach. I like what Tua had to say after the game. Very classy move. Um, and classy by the Bills Mafia as well. Not really like the Toronto fans when they laugh KD off the floor after he tore his Achilles. When he got that concussion, they donated to charity, blah, blah, blah. Very cool. Bills fans are legit. Um, these two teams might be destined to clash in the playoffs. They would be so fun. Uh, yep. Just for the reminder of how good the AFC East is, uh, those two teams. I, I And that's the crazy thing about your Jets, not to bring them back into the conversation to make you upset, but... I look at the off. I look at the the talent on these two teams, and everybody's going to talk because of the record of how great they are and all that. Tom, the Jets' talent, I think, when you just look at whole rosters, I think are right on par with definitely 100%. the Dolphins, maybe with the Bills too. Hundred percent. The only thing that the Dolphins have a little bit, a good amount more, and the Bills have a lot more than the Jets, and we know what that is. It's a quarterback. 
The other thing that Buffalo um, lacks is, again, this running game. I just don't like the fact that Josh Allen has to be the primary running option for this team when they need to when they need to assert the ground game. I agree. That may be the only thing that bites him in the ass. Especially really in a close game. game. Really fun game. Very, very good way to end the pretty crazy Saturday slate. And then we move into Sunday. Obviously, we talked about the Jets and Giants. The Eagles went to Chicago and beat the Bears 25-20. I thought the Bears played pretty well. They created some turnovers. Philly didn't look nearly as good as they did the week before against my Giants. But talking about running quarterbacks, man, Jalen Hurts gets hurt. And now it looks like he's going to miss this game against Dallas. And again, man, it's just it's hard to sustain health when you know they're a hit away from being out for a long time. Minshew's going to beat the Cowboys. Oh, are you bearing the lead? Is this one of your picks? It is not one of my picks, but I'm calling it right now. That would have been such a... No, I got to make up ground. I had a shit week. I got to make up ground on you, but Minshew's going to go into fucking Dallas and roll. Yeah, that would be beautiful. I don't know how much I hate the Eagles. Fields running like a man possessed, by the way. Yeah, he is. He's doing everything he can. And I thought the defense played pretty well. Yeah, especially after giving up every piece that they had that mattered. Um, yeah, uh, you know, the Eagles are in the stretch of three straight road games. I mean, they wiped the floor with the Giants. I'm sure this was a little bit of a look ahead to the Dallas game. But, hey, they they left Chicago with a win, and that's all you can ask for. Steelers go down to Carolina and win 24-16. The magic is off of your baby boy, Sam Darnold, which obviously he's very much in like that Baker Mayfield role. He has one great game, and they win a game, and you're thinking, oh, is he back? And then you have a game like this. Well, he can't play from behind, and unless you can get the running game established, he's not a very good quarterback. No. Pittsburgh's been sneaky okay, man. No, they have, and Pickett is pulling the anti-Zach Wilson and growing every week. He is, but this was actually more of a Trubisky game. Yes, it was, because Pickett got hurt but I'm just trying to think more of quarterbacks of the future. But, I mean, Mitch, did Mitch just make himself a little bit more money in this game? He just is one of those guys that they can, he can win games like this. Doesn't have to no, do Mitch a lot. Is, Mitch is good when he is number two on the depth chart, no expectations, somebody gets hurt, come in, take care of business for me, but when it's you're the starter, let's go out there and win a ball game, Mitch ain't your guy. God, you just explained so many quarterbacks in the league right now. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you're right. You're 100% right. Um, Chiefs beat those Texans 30-24. to 24. It took overtime to do it. They slept walk through this game. They do not cover. They never cover. I need to stop picking them to cover. <laughs> but they escape Houston and Davis Mills and a good representative appearance there by the Texans 30 to 24 and clinched the AFC West. Yeah. I don't really worry about the chiefs in any of these games. I mean, if you told me that they didn't start trying until the fourth quarter, I'd believe it. They kind of fit the mold of some of those really top NBA teams. Don't they? Oh yeah. It's almost like they're resting their guys while they're playing. It's like watching LeBron play where he just (laughs) takes off three quarters of the game and then he's like oh it's winning time yeah oh i guess we have to go do this huh all right (laughs) exactly yeah i'm not worried about the chiefs i still think they're the class of the afc 
it's going to be interesting if they have to go to Buffalo for the championship game in whatever that is, January. I'm also interested to see how much they prioritize that. Do they have are they going to play this out to the point where they have to make sure they ensure that it goes to Arrowhead because they lost in Arrowhead last year to the Bengals, but I know that, that that is a true home field advantage. So I will be interested to see how they play this out the last three weeks. Yeah, and I mean, looking at their schedules, out of both teams, the Bills have, out of the three games, have by far the toughest game remaining. Uh, like I said earlier, the Chiefs have the Seahawks, the Broncos, both at home, and then they go to the Raiders in Vegas. And the Chief, or excuse me, the Bills have... The Bears and Chicago, they should win that one handily. Finish off the season with the Patriots in Buffalo should win that one handily. But in between those two, they do have to go to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Cincinnati is going to be playing too. So we'll see, man. That'll be a very fun way. It might go down to Week 18 to see who who has the path through the AFC playoffs. Yep. Um, in a game that just made me so, 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 so happy. The Jaguars beat the Cowboys 40-34 to in overtime, although the Cowboys do back their way into a playoff berth thanks to my New York football Giants. I think they're stuck at the five seed. Nothing really can change that, so congrats. But, Tom, I would not be feeling great if I were a Cowboy fan. No, not at all. This defense has, like I said earlier, very much tapered off. And I... I, I was I the first person on this, Sean? Can you give me a little credit for saying this weeks ago that I do not like what I'm seeing out of Dak Prescott at all? It was the Green Bay game, and you were 100% right. Decision-making is bad, and just no zip, no zip at all. The interceptions are bad. The decision-making is bad. When he doesn't use his legs, which he just doesn't seem to do anymore, um, I know that analysis has been beaten but it's true uh he's not what he was a couple years ago before that bad injury and they also were lacking that second guy who can really step up and make plays um at wide receiver because let's be honest man if cd lamb's not cooking i know you have gallup but gallup can disappear and dalton schultz can disappear and when they can't quite run the ball they want their play first of all can i just say this and get your get your thoughts is the play calling very weird it seems like when pollard's absolutely killing it they take the ball out of his hand i mean talking to will and any cowboys fan in general over the last couple of weeks win or lose except for the game where they put up a million and even in that game they didn't do it towards the till towards the end of the game you must want to just scream at the tv with this play calling it doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like they have to validate either Dak or Zeke being the reason that the offense thrives. I know, and you would think a team that's not proven, that really wants to go in hot to the playoffs and wants to get to a championship game and hopefully a Super Bowl would try and get their best guys hot and get it rolling. For sure. And again, I mean, there's so many things that they did wrong in this game, but... I think that this was retribution for the week before where they should have lost to Houston. This is two straight weeks playing. Listen, I'm going to give Jacksonville so much credit. I do want to spend a minute or two on them. But just to wrap up with the Cowboys, Tom, this is two straight weeks of taking opposing teams that don't have the best records very, very lightly, and they should have been picked off twice. And again, I 
there's glaring concerns when it comes to this team. You see them at their best, and you wonder how they ever lose. But there's too many times you see them play games like this, and it explains why they lose. Yeah, no, I think, again, I said it every week since that Green Bay game. Head coach and quarterback, man, they are they do not look good. And now that the defense has tapered off as well over the past couple weeks, this looks like a mediocre team. And at their best, again, they look like the best team in, in the NFC. But at their worst, they look like a 500 team. And that's really been the case for a little bit now with the, with the Cowboys. But let's go to Jacksonville, man. They're 6-8 and eight now. They're winning games. They could have a couple more wins. I think Trevor Lawrence is finally starting to look like the guy that they thought they were getting. Doug Peterson is the perfect coach for this team. And how about the playmakers on this team, man? They're really starting to separate themselves. And as the games get later, you just see the confidence grow with Lawrence knowing that he has two or three guys that he can trust. Yeah, I mean, I know that they overpaid for Kirk, but, I mean, a lot of these players look like they're they're really starting to shape up. And you know what? You're right about Lawrence. It took a little while longer. But I'm going to consider this, given what happened last year, his rookie season, and he's really starting to come into his own in the second half of his first season. He's also starting to take that step where, like, you feel comfortable about him leading a drive late. Yeah, right? and he's calling out you know, blitz packages and whatnot on the defense, and he's making adjustments and audibles at the line. And, you know, you look at the standings, and they're only one game behind Tennessee. They are. What a story it would be. Unfortunately, it would probably have to come because they beat your Jets tomorrow night. But we're not going to talk about that just yet. We have to make our game picks later. They do play Tennessee last week of the season. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, And they already beat them once, by the way. Killed him. Yep. Killed him. Um, they've been playing well lately. Um, so, yeah, but really bad Cowboys. They, they need to get their shit right. And, listen, if you told me – I'm not going to pick this game either, but if you told me that they just absolutely demolished Philly, I wouldn't be surprised because they have the ability to do that on any given week. Yep. No, I know. No doubt about it. I, I Especially without Hurts playing, I, I don't know. I still think Minshew's going to go down there and beat him. They're just reeling right now. I know. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. It's been two two horrible weeks in a row. Yep, moving on to the next game. Sean, I don't think we have to talk about this for too long. Ritter starting his first NFL game. Saints beat the Falcons 21-18. to He did not look very good, and nobody cares about this game. No. Uh, the only reason anybody would care about this game is because somehow math- mathematically the Saints are still alive in the NFC South. Well, everybody should be alive in the NFC South. What a joke. Um, but, yeah, we don't have to spend too much time on that one, and we can everybody, spend even less time. By the way, I think if the Saints are still alive, everybody is alive in the NFC South because the Falcons are 5-9, and nine, Saints are 5-9, and nine, Panthers are 5-9, and nine, Buccaneers are 6-8. and eight. Jesus Christ. Can we just move oh, the Jets so to that division, please, for the for the year? Just you for the year. The divi- you would have clinched the division already. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, let's spend even less time on Broncos Cardinals. It was Trace McSorley against Brett Rippin. Brett Rippin gets the win. Good for uh, the Broncos. Cares. Good win. Way to get a dub without Russell Wilson playing. There you go. So at least there's that. Um, I mean, as the resident Patriot hater on this podcast, Tom, do you want to take the floor on 
talking about a game that had by far the craziest, dumbest, most chaotic, ridiculous ending I've ever seen. Well, we're both Patriot. Well, you don't really hate the Patriots. You have a reason to. But we both hate Matty PP, so this must make us both feel good. And I don't Um, like Joe Judge, so it makes me feel good too. Yes. Um, I mean, do you think Saban ever ran tackling drills down in Alabama with his quarterbacks? I don't think – clearly not. Well, not against his defensive ends. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know who's Myers that took the did the weird thing there. Uh, I'm just going to call it a thing. I'm not even going to call it a play. Um, <laughs> yeah, this one, I'm just glad the Patriots are right up there with when the Colts ran that punt play against the Patriots and the butt fumble which the Patriots were involved in again. I'm glad that they can be involved in this what-the-fuck-is-going-on worst plays in NFL history on a YouTube reel um, situation. Well, don't forget, they also have that um, miracle in Miami from a few years ago when like that 3-4 win Dolphin yep. team ran the, uh, ran the kickback or the punt back. With Gronk, uh, yeah with Gronk trying to chase him down. So yeah, it's, they're starting, it's starting to get evened out. They've been involved in a lot of these, but it was the worst play I've ever seen. And, and I'm Strong. not, and I really, worse than the Colts I, one. It was, it was worse just given the circumstance. Yeah. You know, you're, you're tied up. You're going into overtime. You have no chance of scoring. You run a fucking draw play for God's sakes. Like I see them start to lateral it around and I'm like, what they're doing and i see this guy chuck it back and as i'm watching on red zone i'm like is he throwing it to the middle of the field like who's back there and i was mac and then i just see this giant of a man turned out to be chandler jones former patriot just catch the ball as if he had been planning for that the whole time like cherry picking it was the worst play i've ever seen because just given circumstance given mental you know just a complete mental block now, and the fact that Mac Jones had to be in position to go one-on-one against Chandler Jones and give the Raiders a win. And by the way, Tom, a game that was critical to both teams potentially making the playoffs in the AFC. It was the worst play I've ever seen, and I've watched a lot of bad plays. Now, do you think this was, I don't want to say a design play, but do you think this play was called previous? Or was it just like all the players on the field, somebody decided to do it and they were like, well, I guess fuck it. I guess we're doing it. And then they all just went for it. Or do you think Maddie PP had something to do with this? No, Jacoby Myers fell on the sword, said it was completely his doing. And Belichick post game was classic Belichick saying we, we plan for late game situations and that wasn't one of them. So I'm paraphrasing of course, but no, that's, that was just, I don't know what that was. You don't do that in peewee football, high school football, college football, any rank of football. Um, like I said, I, I'm not trying to be dramatic. It was the worst play I've ever seen. Well, yeah, given the circumstances, of course, being tied, you just kneel on the ball and send it to overtime, give yourself a chance. I mean, what what do you honestly think, bro? Like, seriously, let me ask you. Like, What do you think could possibly happen positively for the Patriots as this development is unfolding? While throwing the ball to an uh, extremely unathletic Mac Jones, exactly that. <laughs> Best case because scenario is that Chandler Jones drops the ball incomplete. You know, somebody lands on it. And the worst case scenario is what happened. 
Uh, just, again, the worst play ever, I guess. We're going to deem it that. I am. I don't want to have to drag you into it, but for me it is. because And, and Tom, let's not forget about why this happened. This happened because Bill Belichick said that Mac Jones couldn't throw the ball that far in a Hail Mary situation. Yes, and then the ghosts everybody tweeting out Mac throwing the ball 55 yards or whatnot. But, hey, maybe he's hurt. Maybe we'll find out he's hurt. I no, don't know. He can't. He physically can't throw the ball that far. He doesn't have that kind of arm. So you're limited. In People what you were putting do. up tapes of Alabama games where he threw it 55 yards. A lot different in college, brother. <laughs> sure, I know but, fifty-five yards is fifty-five yards, but I think but he's got the arm a, for it. I mean, in a hail mary situation of just hucking it up there from like where were they? Their own forty, forty-five. Sure, but again, if you don't think Mac Jones, which it's been proven that he can throw it that far, let's come up with something better than that. I'd rather him throw it up for grabs than that. Well, that's just what Belichick said. So if I he mean, believe, if he doesn't believe his, or bring in fucking, you know, they use happy. They used to bring in uh, Brissett all the time to throw the bombs or or whatever, you know, bring in Zappy. Anything would have been better than what happened. But Boston sports is in a real rough spot, you know, at least baseball and football wise right now. I mean, hockey. And Celtics are on Celtics a bit of a slide. They are on a bit of a slide, but they're still very they're good. They're going to be just fine. It makes me so happy when I see that. I, I don't root against the Patriots, but I feel like for Boston fans, the way you feel for Met fans, you know, I <laughs> I like to see them. I like to see them in pain because um, they've had it too good. Um, Chargers beat the Titans in the game that I thought the Titans had. The, the Chargers just slept walk through this game, but Dicker, the kicker, hits a game winner, and Justin Herbert looked, despite not putting up a lot of points, just really fucking good. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not going to claim victory on this because I flip-flopped on the Titans 100 times this year, but I might have to learn another lesson, and that's stick to your instincts when I pick the Titans to hit the under and not make the playoffs because the Jaguars can take it. They ain't making the playoffs. Uh, and obviously Tannehill gets hurt in this game. You know, they once he once he gets hurt, they have no offense. Um, then he came back, though, goes. right? He did, but he said he was playing through just ridiculous pain. So yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I the, the this back end of the AFC playoff picture is wild, man. Because I'm not overly impressed with really any of these teams, but I think the Chargers probably them and the Dolphins have the highest upside. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the back end of both leagues, bro. You want to talk about the NFC? Yeah, well, obviously that my Giants occupy one of those spots, and yeah, Tampa the Bay. Playoffs games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, right? I can't even say they're in the back of it. They're going to be the four seed if they win it. I know <laughs> that's oh Jesus Christ, you're right. Um, uh, they should be a seven or you know a six or seven, but they're not going to be. Yeah, no, I it's it's truly unbelievable. It stinks. Um, all right, Bengals beat those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom, the Bucks were up 17 nothing at halftime, and I'm thinking, okay, Brady finally said, fuck it, I've had enough of this losing. We are winning this game. We are back to where we need to be. The defense is causing Burrow all sorts of trouble. Then the second half happens. Cincinnati wins 34-23. They go on an extended run. I forget exactly what it was, but let's just put it this way. They outscored them 34-6 to in the second half. Yeah, Joey B turned it on at the end there, and – Team started firing. Um, 
How do you feel about the Bengals? Because, I mean, I think we can both say how we feel about Tampa Bay. How do you feel about the Bengals? I feel like we're in 2021 again with the Bengals. How about you? Yeah. Um, injuries do concern me a little bit. Um, Higgins is dinged up as well as Boyd, but if they can get them back uh, with Jamar Chase back and Burrow doing Burrow things, protect them a little bit and we'll be fine. A little bit of a passing of the torch in this game. I mean, look at what Burrow's doing in crunch time now, man. He's he's becoming one of those guys that if you need a late drive, you almost are surprised when he doesn't deliver. Sure, if you want to go that route. I mean, Brady's the greatest of all time, but I'm next... Just saying a passing of the torch. I'm not saying that Brady sucks or that his... No. Get rid of him, but... No, I'm just saying I, I Burrow the next Brady. I don't think anybody's going to be the next Brady. With that being said, next late-game guy where, you, you know, pick a guy in the league that you want the ball in his hands. Yeah, I like that. Well, that's what, that's mostly what I'm saying. I hope I didn't make it sound, like, too literal. Well, I that's what just... I'm here for, to save you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I just meant, like, you know, you got this super cool and reserved quarterback in his third year off a Super Bowl appearance and... You know, they you've got Brady who you expect to to hold on to leads and win and, and Burrow's just kind of doing his imitation. I know he'll never be another Brady, but he's just I mean, you just feel great about him, man. I mean, and again, I love Herbert. I think Herbert's awesome. If you gave me a choice between the two, I'm taking Burrow. Yeah, I think I gotta lean that way thus far. I mean Herbert's not a bad consolation, but I'll take Burrow. Yeah. And then the last game, Tom, I don't think we have to really spend a lot of time on this. I mean, mathematically, the Packers are still alive in the playoffs. So they hey, have to cross your fingers, baby. But let's they won in Lambeau and well, the bloom is off the Baker Mayfield's Baker Mayfield Rose, as we suspected. Um, they did. They only put up 12 points. The Packers put up 24. Yeah, the, the Packers are going to be done soon. They got they're going to lose the next three games. They got Dolphins, Vikings, Lions. It's just hard to envision that they're going to win all three games and that they're going to get the help they need. They're and I got another phone call late night from Will Smith, if he's listening. The only time I try and stay up late unless I have insomnia, which I had the last two nights, is when I do this pod. So if you want to talk to me, stop calling me so goddamn late. Um, <laughs> what is he doing up so late? Who the fuck knows? But, I mean... If he wants to brag, I don't know what he was calling me for because usually you don't get a call when the especially when the Cowboys get embarrassed by Jacksonville. Maybe he called me to talk about his Detroit pick. The phone doesn't ring when he's wrong on his picks, though. I can tell you that. No, it goes straight to voicemail. I bet when you try calling him. Yeah, well, I'm I'm a take the high road kind of guy. He knows he knows if you got something wrong. I don't have to bring it up. But again, good pick by Will, and that segment will be coming soon where he tries to sell us hot takes. Yeah, I can't wait for that. It's going to be something else. Um, yeah, we'll do it every couple. Track it. Every every couple episodes. I mean, if he comes at me with a good take, then I'll let him come on and sell it. I just can't have him come on blind and try and sell me some bullshit take and then it not be good. We got to. He's got to come at me with something like, "Oh, I got I got some heat, and I'm going to have to hear it." But we'll you, see. You know, on first take, even though I don't, I'll never watch that show. But they have. Um, Chris Mad Dog Russo on every Wednesday, right? But they do five shows a week. What if we go about that with our ratio with Will? Once every five weeks, he comes on and he gives a batch of hot takes, and we'll see if they stick. And five weeks later, we'll we'll see what happens and and duke it out. Listen, 
I'm all for it. The thing that made the Contreras thing as well as the Lions thing cool was he justified it. And he had some... It wasn't bullshit, you know, I'm just saying this to be contrarian. It was like he was... He was passionate about it. He truly believed oh, it. Yeah. He gave us reasons. So if he can come up with some takes where he truly believes it to the point where I know that he believes it because he's fighting for it, I'm game for it. And then we can do a buy or sell on it, you and I, or we could do a group if we both agree with it. I don't want any manufactured bullshit takes. I need him to be his authentic, ridiculous self. And that's what the listeners need too. Um, we're not going to turn this into a into – a, a gimmick bit. or carnival. This is going to be a real thing. Um, yes. All right, Tom. I know you don't want to do it, but you <laughs> have to. Let's review our week 15 picks. Week 15 picks. I'm sure you're fucking giddy like I was last week. Um, we both got the Jets plus one wrong. I took Washington minus four and a half. You took the Giants. Good job by you. That's right for you. Wrong for me. I took the Bengals. You took the Bengals. Both right there. You took the Browns. I took the Eagles. I was wrong. You were right. Um, oh, excuse me. I didn't take the Eagles. I had the Eagles written down, and then I took Carolina. Either way, I would have been wrong. Um, so I went one and three. You went three and one. I am at thirty and twenty-seven. You are at thirty-two and twenty-seven for mm. through fifteen weeks. I really needed that week, man. You I did, was, and I can't take my foot off the gas pedal now. I gotta, I gotta keep us going. Yeah, no, no doubt, and I, I got some games I got to make up. Um, let's let's pull up the odds here. Sorry, I'm going through our texts, um, and I have them here. All right, let's start off with my New York Jets at home against the Jaguars. This is on gotta Thursday. Got to pick a Thursday night one, buddy. Uh, you know I fucking I hate, hate doing it. You know, I'm, this is like you with the Vikings and with the Falcons. I don't like picking Thursday night games. But the gun is to my head here. I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars minus one and a half on the road. I really like what I'm seeing against Lawrence. I'm worried about missing Quentin Williams. I'm worried about Zach Wilson starting again. I'm worried Salah's got fucking shaky hands now. Um, I like Jacksonville coming into New York on short rest. I really wanted to go the other way with your Jets. I've been picking your Jets a lot, but I can't do it, man. I, I made that proclamation they'd make the playoffs if Mike White was starting the rest of the way, but he's not. Um, and Jacksonville's playing very well right now, and they have their eyes set on a potential division. Um, so I'm going to take the Jaguars as well. Yeah, and to be honest, I think if they went out, it's right there for the taking, especially because they play Tennessee in the last game of the season, and they already have the tiebreaker against them. So this game is very big, probably the biggest game for Jacksonville since Blake Bortles um, went into yeah. Pittsburgh. Well, New England when he lost, but Pittsburgh. Yeah, the AFC Championship game. Yep. yep. Um, well, Tom, we both have to really take a lot of, you know, we, 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 we have to take a lot of medicine this week because this sucks for both of us. I have to go against the Minnesota Vikings, which I have done steadfastly against for 16 weeks, 15 weeks. Um, so you have to pick a Thursday night, and I have to pick a Viking game. Uh, the Vikings are favored by three and a half at home against my New York Giants. Uh, I love what my Giants did last week. Uh, I picked them with my heart, not with my head, and I'm glad I was right. I don't see it this week because here's the thing. Why did Kirk Cousins suck last Saturday? It was the only game on. He gets to be buried here on Christmas Eve with like a full 12 o'clock, or I'm going to say 12 because that's my time, 1 o'clock slate 
at home. Here's the thing, bro. Their defense is a fucking sieve. I think the Giants can score some points, but I don't think the Giants can stop a very good Minnesota offense. So I'm going to take the Vikings in this game. I feel better about it, too, because the Giants, by beating uh, Washington, pretty much set up the fact that they're in the postseason. Yeah, I want to take the Giants so bad here, but like you said, Kirk Cousins in a regularly scheduled game with a million-game cushion at home against this Giants team that I just don't think can score with this Vikings team. Um, I'm going to go with the Vikings minus 3.5. I should take the Giants here to try and make up points, but I just don't see it. A loss here. This isn't the ACT, you know? Wrong answers will cost you, so I got to get this one right. Giants are not going to be able to do anything with Justin Jefferson. They're just not. Um, the only hope they have is that Kirk Cousins absolutely sucks. But, yeah, Fabian Moreau and God knows who else playing cornerback, Darnay Holmes, like, they got no shot. Um, so I'll take the Vikings, but that's okay. The Giants finished the season with Indianapolis and maybe a Philly team that rests everybody. So we should hopefully be all right. Um, my third game. I'm going to go to Cleveland. I'll make this pick short. They're a three-point favorite at home against New Orleans. I like the Browns. I'm going to take them the second week in a row. I like that pick. I stared at it for a while, but I like the other two. I took more. I got Cincinnati going to New England minus three and a half. New England Patriots fucking suck, and it's Joey Burrow, man. Dude, I really I am the same as you. I stared at that game very, very uh, attentively, but I, I couldn't. I didn't go that route. Um, you just never know what Belichick's going to do after a loss like that, but Cincinnati's trending in the right direction. What's your last game, man? I Part of not picking that Cincinnati Patriot game was, you know, the games on Christmas Day are not all that good this year. I know that they sounded good back in April when they made the schedule, but I have to have some reason to watch some of these games, right? There you go. So I'm going to go to South Florida. Where the Green Bay Packers no, you go to the Miami Dolphins, who are a six-point home favorite. Love the way that they played in Buffalo. I don't think the Packers have what it takes to hold up with this offense. Uh, and I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins. Well, that makes for a boring ending to the podcast because I have the same pick. Did you do the same thing where it's like, fuck, I need to have like a little bit of attention or something riding on these on these Christmas Day games? To be honest, I looked at it and I was like, there's no fucking way in Miami the Packers can hang with this team. To be honest, this might be a Jordan Love in the second half kind of game. Oh, all right. Yeah, so this is pretty boring. Um, we're either going to just completely cancel each other out or, uh, you know, somebody's going to go somebody's going to go 1-0 or 0-1. Yep, pretty much. We're not going to gain much ground, but we got a couple weeks. I got a couple more weeks to make up. And if I, I guess next week, I'm really going to have to start going against you. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I've never really, neither of us have ever really taken the, I'm going to let you go first and I'm just going to go against you thing. And, And I think, I mean, we are above 500, but I think some of these weeks it would really work out for us. Like last week, it would have killed for you, and this week it would have killed, and the week before that, it would have killed for me. Don't get me wrong; it has crossed my mind. <laughs> oh, me too. Times, but I just when it comes to picking games, I'm like, we only do four. Like, I gotta, I gotta do the best I can, and I, I am not good at picking football games. So, I've had more success this year than I've had in the past. Because I even think in the years I've beaten you, 
um, I think we were both under 500. I don't think I did particularly well. No, I think this is our best year. And honestly, the NFL is not my thing. I'm good at college basketball, MLB, and NBA playoffs. That's what I gamble on. That's what I make money on. I really, I bet the NFL for fun, but I don't expect to win too much money. Although I have hit a couple teasers recently, but I'm laying off this week. It's just so unpredictable, man. It's just, even college football, like really the hardest thing with them is the spreads because you have teams that will call off the dogs and not really live up to what you, you know, you see some of those Alabama point spreads or Georgia point spreads. It's like, they're just not going to do that to these other teams, you know? Like, they're happy if the spread is 41 and a half or like Alabama against like Savannah State. They'll be happy to win 38 to 3. Like, yep. you know? And that's, yeah, what's the point? That's the hard part. But in, in the NFL, it's just any week, particularly this year, things are just fucking crazy. It's so hard to get a hold on any of these teams. I know, I know, man. Well, everybody... Sean, you got anything else, by the way, before we go? Well, are we going to air some grievances? Oh, shit. Well, I already kind of aired myself last week, kind of grievances against myself, but the floor is all yours. To be honest, I don't have any grievances right now. Mine but, was the Sunday Direct TV. My, my, well, you definitely aired that Sunday out. Um, what's another one? I don't know, man. It's like... I don't want to. I don't want to grasp for straws. There are plenty of things that piss me off, but it's like, do they stand out? I'll say this: it's going to get fucking freezing here for like two days, and when I say freezing, I'm talking like in the twenties. Oh, oh! They use the term "freeze" here. It's a freeze, and everybody loses their minds. I'm like, this is winter. You what are your fuck. grocery stores empty? <laughs> Yeah, and it's like there's no precipitation. There's no snow in the forecast. People are losing their minds. I'm at work today, and it's like, oh, my God, are you gonna, how are you preparing for the freeze? I was like, what are you talking about preparing for the freeze? I'm going to stay inside where it's warm and have the heat on. Like, well, given what happened a few years back, I don't really blame them. Didn't you, was it last year or the year before you guys? Two years ago, but that was an ice storm. That was not, a, that was not just cold weather. That was a legitimate ice storm that crippled the state, but... No, it's just cold weather for two days. It's going to be back into the mid-60s, low-70s four days later. Calm down. Yeah, it's killing me because we're going to have thunderstorms on Friday, but it's supposed to be 55. Could you imagine if it was nice out what I'd be doing? Oh, I know what you'd be doing. Yeah, well, I'll save the PTO for another day. Yeah. Do you do you watch the Seinfeld Festivus episode on the 23rd? Uh, it's not really a tradition of mine, but I'll start this year. I mean, I've obviously seen it before. Yeah, 22 minutes worth of your time. It's yeah. on Netflix, the three. Hilarious. It's classic, man. Just like start to finish, the story, the blending of the storylines, it's it's perfect. Some of the quotes are just great. Yes. I don't have any grievances off the top of my head, um, but you know, I, I air, we both air out grievances throughout the year, so I guess you guys can just go listen to some old episodes, and I'm sure I've tucked a few in there for you. Oh, you absolutely have. I, I think that we we have plenty of things to piss us off on the sports landscape, and also just some other things that are topical. Uh, but how are you spending Christmas, man? What are you What are you and Michaela doing? Well, you know, this is first Christmas engaged, so a lot of bouncing around. Um, Christmas Eve, we'll be in Yonkers, then we'll be back here, 
in uh, where we live because my family does it right in town. Um, and then on Sunday, luckily, both Michaela and I are from the same hometown, um, although we didn't meet until we were in our mid-20s. But we are from the same hometown, so we're just going to bounce from ha- back and forth, house to house, a couple of times. Um, it's going to be a pain in the ass, but that's what you do for family on the holidays, so that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, since you're complaining about cold weather down there, I'm assuming you're not coming up north? <laughs> yes, that's a that's a very safe assumption. Um, no, that honestly sounds good. I mean, that, well, that was your Thanksgiving plan, right, until Michaela got sick, so hopefully you guys are both healthy this year. No dominoes. Oh, fingers crossed. So you're staying yeah. down there. What do you got, a friend's, friend's Christmas or whatever? Yeah, I got uh, I got a couple of my friends who are still here, so we'll get together and just kind of hang out at their place like we like I did for Thanksgiving. So it's very it'll be very low key. Um, honestly, man, like it's always good to spend part of the holiday with with friends and family, and, you know, whether you have them around or not. But like, it doesn't suck to the thought of maybe just like only popping over for a tiny bit and then spending the rest of the day kind of just laying low. You know, do a Zoom with the parents and. Um, and my brother and his fiance and, and kind of just lay low and enjoy just a nice quiet day. I hear that, man. Sometimes alone time is the best time. It really is, but it's, it's great being somewhere where there's always an option to, to be with, you know, good friends. And my well, parents I'm glad. are here. I don't want you to weeks. be a shut in. No, God, no. Listen, as much of a hermit as I can be, you know, at it's, uh, that sometimes is only, is selected times. Um, but no, I got my parents coming down here the middle of January, pre- uh, MLK weekend. So it'll be really good to see them. So we'll kind of celebrate like a late Christmas, you know, being able to see them. So nice. Well, that's right around the corner. Well, enjoy the yeah, cold. Yeah. Thanks man. Enjoy uh, the freeze. When I sorry. Talk, when I, yeah, the freeze, the fucking freeze. When I talk to you next Wednesday, uh, we will be, I will be ushering in the new year with back to 60 and 70 degree weather. So everybody needs to calm down. Yeah. Everybody really does need to talk. Give them my, give them my number or get, you know, I give them our Twitter and I'll fucking set them straight. Oh, I know you will. They listen. There are some people down here that need a tough New York talking to. There's no doubt about that. Put them in the city. They wouldn't know what to do with themselves. They'd have no idea. They'd be lost. Um, but yeah, man, have a, have a great Christmas. Uh, enjoy the time with Michaela and your family and her family bouncing back and forth. Um, and we will close out 2022 with our last pod next week. Yes, we will. Everybody, Merry Christmas, Sean. Enjoy laying low. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Um, and Thank Merry you, Christmas. buddy. Merry Christmas to all the listeners out there. Yeah, Merry Christmas to all the listeners and uh, everybody celebrating Hanukkah right now. Hope you're enjoying that season as well. And we'll be back Isn't next Kwanzaa week. Isn't Kwanzaa coming up too? Could be. It could well, be already happening. I happy don't know Kwanzaa. My I don't know. That well. Yeah, happy anything you guys choose to celebrate. Festivus as well, everybody. Have a good Christmas week, and we'll be back soon. Take care.